Do we have canon live birth in Star Wars? Yeah. Luke and Leia. Luke and Leia, hello? For human. For human. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rupelp's Pod Race, the queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is Chopper entering his war criminal era because of the Bad Batch. I was literally seeing that behavior as as the episode was going on. I was like, he's getting worse and that's okay. One hundred jumped on that on that probe droid. Chopper saw that and was like, you know what? Maybe I will choose violence from now on. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at Oliefresh on pretty much every platform that's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is Polycule Disruptor Admiral Rampart. Please fucking exit my goddamn reality right now. I care so much about these. Here's here's the problem. Last night, the trans people of this podcast watched the episode (laughs) together. And then also um, the host of Star Wars English class also watched at the same time. And the entire episode, we were like, Syndulla Polycule, Syndulla Polycule. The entire time. Yeah. My name is Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Haralite Harakeep Haraboss because I really felt like she truly girlbossified herself this episode. And I loved that for her. Hi, my name is Claudia. Um, my use she, her pronouns. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. Um, my gender of the week is Chopper's baby's first murder. Um, last week, I was like, okay, I don't see Chopper committing any war crimes. Maybe this is Chopper in his baby era. Um, and then in this episode, I was like, oh, he's still like pretty mild or whatever. And then he just started getting people. And I was like, oh, he's growing up. And I just, I, I felt so proud of baby Chopper. Oh. Um, um, I believe Claudia and I almost have the same gender. We're the oh, same person. Honestly, you guys just, this is what it feels like when there's a gender binary. Like, <laughs> I, but I'm non-binary. I hate to break this to you, but actually now your gender's war no, criminal chopper. Just, I'm sorry. I've decided, no, my other gender option this week was um, Harris and Dula's bestie, Omega the Bad Batch. So that's my new gender. <laughs> Not Omega, Omega the Bad, Bad Batch. batch. Like just transing their gender (laughs) mid podcast yeah that is very good hi my name is mel i use they them pronouns you can find me on tiktok at grunkle rex um and my gender this week is chekhov's milf eleni sandula not chekhov's milf (laughs) listen we've been introduced to her she's here by by act three whatever that will mean for this this series she will be no longer with us. She survived this episode, Arr. but her days are numbered. I'm so sorry, Milf. She could just die in the resistance on Ryloth and we just don't see it. Like, That's if she could just die later it on. Like, no. It seemed like um, when Hera and Cham talked about it, though, in Rebels, Rebel spoilers, by the way, that <laughs> 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 um, she died pretty early on in like Hera's life. And not super early, because obviously she's like, what, 12? According to Wikipedia, um, she dies between nine and twelve, somewhere okay, so, there. Yeah, I know that she mm-hmm. died before a new dawn. Anyways, let's talk about this most recent episode, Rescue on Ryloth. I loved it. 
I mean, I I don't know which uh, between the two episodes that we've seen on Ryloth that I liked um, the best, but I really, really enjoyed this one a lot. I felt like it was fun. Um, I will say definitively, I enjoyed this one. Like I said last week that this was not like my, that it was not my favorite episode, but I thought it was like up there. I think this one genuinely may be one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite overall. I, I tend to not be one of those people who's like, oh, I have a favorite episode or I tend to only have that if a series is really finished um, or I'm, or something, or like I have a favorite character or something like that. Um, That being said, and I know you guys every week will be like, no, this is my favorite episode or this isn't or whatever. Um, I definitively watched this and I was like, this is my favorite episode. I started crying in the middle of it. Um, at one point I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, this is the, this is an Umbara arc moment right here. Um, and again, it, it was, be- it was because of epic clone moments and epic red clone moments. Um, and we'll talk a little bit later, I think about how that also meant development for our non-regs, our batchers as well. I did like this episode and I did watch it twice and watching it a second time, I could spot out some things where it's just like eh actually I think this was a little boring I think I am starting to like the batch a bit more now they start they're starting to feel more like characters I could care about because honestly sometimes I did not care about them uh tech I still don't care for I need everyone to know about my tech slender uh just because like that moment when he uh when Hera was contacting them and Tech was just like, eh, she, she's a kid. She, she could be like, you know, over-exaggerating. And I was just like, uh, hey, Tech, sh- shut the fuck up. Gaslighter Tech was a lot for me this episode, personally. I was like, sir, I will, your days are numbered. I'm going to have Chopper come at you. I don't know if you guys noticed that little Chopper moment in the episode where he and Tech are like on the ship, like, having a moment and then chopper just flies out of the havoc marauder back onto the ground it's very funny i will say i had like paused my tax lander for a few weeks because he was doing fine in this episode it was like i will kill you like with my parents i, I did honestly it was just him being like he, like just i have we have the same brain because when he was like you know kids they over exaggerated like bestie she said her parents were fucking kidnapped i don't know how you could over exaggerate that like that thing well, this was this was something I wanted to discuss because I was like, I, I am a tech fan. Um, I I do. I, he's he is my boy. Um, but I this episode it was real whip, whiplash because it was like epic tech gaslighter moment and be like, ah, kids. But that's because this whole thing is like apparently he doesn't understand people or something. But then there were later moments where it was like tech and tech entering his Tokyo Drift era and then his later moment which somebody noticed that he does this in almost every episode where like tech is like sitting with children teaching them how to use um technology and I'm like wow I do the same thing when I am around children I also teach them how to do things they shouldn't on iPads um so and then he's and then Hera's like and then Hera's like yeah he taught me how to forge imperial whatever and and I was like Oh, tech's influence on the ghost. And so then I was like, I, was, I have conflicting tech feelings. Um, anyway, hey, no, yeah. no slander to my bull. 
I also have some conflicting feelings about Tech um, because I am actually coming around to start to like him more as I understand his role because he's like, is he someone I'd want to hang out with? Probably not, but I appreciate the role he plays on the team. And that's how I feel about pretty much all of the characters in The Bad Batch. Like even with Crosshair in The Bad Batch arc in The Clone Wars, I was like, I don't like him, but I appreciate what he is for the team and for the story. And that is how I feel about Tech. Um, the person that I have a bone to pick with is Hunter. Because Hunter yeah. who is like the leader and has so far been one of the more empathetic characters like it's I would rank if I had to say obviously I think Wrecker is the most emotionally competent I would probably have to put Hunter next but Hunter by Echo Echo I think Echo we have not really seen a lot of his em empathy moments um, speaking but... of which how the fuck did he climb up that wall this episode with a stomping arm <laughs> Yeah, it was a, he's it built was a different. Thor. He's just yeah. more powerful than all. Of them. We never he was, saw it. He was he was pushing this goblin into the wall like a grappling hook. I was like, can we Echo please use get like a pickaxe? up there. Like it just Echo, really it, it, it just sends me because like we're in a a galaxy far far away. You could get him another prosthetic. Like you could get him in a normal ass like. We are uh, we are in a universe where Anakin Skywalker has a fully functioning robot hand, and they're like, "Echo, you need to keep that scump. Like, it's really helpful exactly. for the rest like, of us." Maybe they Wrecker could like throw him. Maybe they could like throw him. No, could, you like, saw put him a climbing. prosthetic arm like on top of the scump, like, and then he just untwists the like prosthetic arm I, and he still has the scump, like, That would be pretty cool. I will say there is an an Echo action figure which has not yet come out, um, but it does depict him as having a regular like prosthetic arm and like different attachments. And I think that that is why they have not released the Echo Bad Batch Black series figure is because he is going to get different types of arms and they don't want to release it and spoil the show as they have done with other toys and figures in the past. So I do like, I do strongly believe that, but I am kind of like, hey, bestie, how are you climbing that wall? Why was Hunter like, okay, me and the guy with one arm are gonna go scale the wall. He's just built different. And he, they also did the Thor Ragnarok <laughs> magnetic. <laughs> they did Not the magnetic echo. My my new thing is I, I would like to pedal uh, Inspector Gadget Echo where he just is like, go, go, gadget, magnet shoes. And Not Inspector Gadget. I do wanna um, bring up. <laughs> something my friend said when I watched the episode with him because I was like why did he make Echo go with him when he only has one arm he's like come on dude with one arm let's go scale a wall but my friend was like Hunter is at least not ableist he said I know you only have one arm but you can climb that wall let's go best okay equal opportunity employer Hunter I'm sir I mean, is that not just the bad ADA, ADA accessible hunter? Except for not ADA compliant. You would think he would give him something to help him climb up the wall if he was really no, no. I think ally. they have like the little like POV Roofhouse house pod race to his hunter for not being ADA compliant. I think they have the the what are those things called? The little kind of like grappling they, like rope things attached to them. So to they help very well might have, but I just I didn't see it while I watched the episode, so I was like. I'm calling I saw Osha it the on second your time ass. I watched it. I'm calling they Osha. Have... I'm calling Osha on Hunter. No, the second time I watched it, I did notice they had okay. like little rope thingies attached to them. So That's... usually we see Echo and Tack working together. Um, and this was like I know we've talked a lot about like who would take over if Hunter would die, and um, you know 
Echo coming into his leadership role as that second in command in the five-man band structure. We talk about it all the time. Like, this was a moment where Hunter was like, immediately, he was like, uh, yeah, my second in command, Echo, is coming with me, and then you're doing this, and then you're doing this, and then you're doing this. And I was like, oh, he's like, he's fully a part of the team now, whatever. I saw that as a little bit of growth and a little bit of development, and I was like, oh, he's a real boy now. I really liked um, that this plays into my theory of Echo being the second in command if anything ever happens to Hunter, um, because I think we see also from this that I love Wrecker, and I, Tech is fine. Neither of them are equipped to be leaders if anything were to happen to Hunter, and like honestly, you see from this with Hunter having so much internal struggle, he's barely even equipped to be a leader, and I think it's clear that like on Camino, they had someone giving them jobs and they were basically Cody. going where, but yeah, Cody, not Sid becoming the new Cody. Um, but then now Sid's giving them jobs, but when they have to make decisions on their own, Hunter clearly struggles a lot. And that's like one of the problems that I had with this episode is how many times are we going to see Hunter be like, no, we've got, we've got our own stuff to worry about before they actually end up doing something because obviously they are going to end up fighting for the rebellion. It almost feels like how Noah was talking about with like, we know something's wrong with Wrecker's chip and they just keep putting it off. So it's like, when are we going to deal with it? That's kind of how I feel right now. I actually was thinking about, and I, 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 the hard thing that I have with this show is that I do want to make clear that I am enjoying it, but I have some pretty big criticisms of how it's being written and how it's running. And one of those is that we're on, this is what, episode 12? This is the first time we've even like really seen Crosshair engage with the Bad Batch as a group of characters. Like they were on episode 12 and he was like, can I go after them? That should have happened like literally 10 episodes ago. That should have been the thing we were dealing with from the start. And the thing- well, to, be, to be fair, he, he was, a, they did say like, they like your job isn't to go get them your job is to train the recruits like that that was your job they didn't show us that till like last episode and i think my my issue with it is like he your job is to train your little your little batter batch like your your job is a part of our transition to the empire like your your job isn't that shit what i kind of thought it was gonna be was like the bad batch is off doing a mission and it's gonna cut like the whole show would be like the Bad Batch is doing their thing and it would cut to Crosshair on Camino or on a mission training his worst batch and then being like hey I'm having cognitive dissonance but they didn't and I honestly did kind of think that he was hunting them already so I mean that's but, part of it yeah. for me the other thing is that like and we talked about this a little bit last week about this like the speed of development on the characters is sort of weird like I agree with Ollie. It's very bizarre that this is like the fifth episode in a row of Hunter being like, no, we don't need to help them. Just kidding. Yes, we do. Like, that's really bizarre to have a character continue doing that with, I mean, unless I'm missing something, I would argue very little growth towards a place where he's not going to question helping people. And I just, I find that a little weird. Even the regs, even like they were part of like major missions or even helping people with occupations and that kind of thing. The batch just kind of get drops, gets kind of gets dropped into places. And he kind of references that when he's like, well, the organizing part and whatever isn't our thing. Like our thing is the mission and then we leave. And like, and so he's not used to that. So for me, I've actually, I've had the opposite feeling where I think like 
it would take a lot for him, for him and for the rest of the batch to, to, to change how they see the world and, and, and how, and how they, they, not just how they see the world, but like to change their mind a little bit. Uh, not because they don't care about other people, but because like, I, I just feel like, like it's actually, it's weird because nothing in Star Wars is realistic, but it's actually like kind of realistic. Like it takes a lot of people a long time to actually make big moral changes you know, unless they're like their hand is forced in some kind of way, and in this case, their hand was forced. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's been kind of realistic that I think uh, he he's a little. It, it takes him a little bit. I also agree with Claudia, where I think it's kind of realistic with Hunter struggling with this. Maybe it's because. I personally am someone like that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a person like that where it takes a lot for me also to finally be like, fuck, I I do need to deal with this. And also considering the fact, I think Hunter's like main priority is still just making sure his little group of like besties stays safe. And he said that to, to Hera and Omega too, where just like, I need to make sure that my group is okay and does not get um killed or tracked down by the empire maybe it'd be better if he realized sooner rather than later that hey we do need to actually help people and i do keep deciding in the end that i want to help people but i'm just being stubborn yeah i think it's something interesting about like sphere of control for hunter it's it's weird because the more i think about it it claudia kind of touched on this earlier where it's like they have spent their entire lives almost almost in the same way that Crosshair is a weapon now. They have been a, a weapon for the Republic and they have been just doing mission after mission after mission, not having to question where these orders were coming from. And then they finally did question those orders and where they were coming from with Omega. And that is why Omega is such a driving force in them being like, having to be like, hey, maybe actually we do need to help people. Um, and so I just, I find there an interesting parallel there between Crosshair's current like existence as a weapon and a weapon only their current like situation being they they are no longer a weapon just being used well that's exactly it they're straddling this weird space between are are we a weapon that is just being used or are we going to use the our own agency that we realize that we have to do something about something ironically and i think this is why using hera was a was a great choice that is how the the ghost squadron starts as well and a lot of them are like are we just like running missions like what are we doing whatever and and there's a lot of like are we a part of something bigger we're not like are and there's a lot of like are we going to to be a part of an alliance later like there's that there's almost that same struggle as in the beginning of rebels and i actually i actually like that as a parallel um and that also again dave filoni only has one story but also a lot of that um clearly like a lot of the stuff with the batch um like them influencing Hera, like epic it's it's like poetry it rhymes moment like i'm very emotional i would almost compare hunter to another dilf uh a kanan in this in this moment because like Hera had all the information in in the beginning of rebels but it's kanan really who's then who's then like well what are we doing like am i gonna use my jedi powers to help is this whatever like it it actually reminds me of that in a way 
Um, and he's very much like, I'm here to protect my people. Like, even in A New Dawn, when he started with Hera, he was like, yeah, I'm just here to be the your crew. You can be the rebellion. I'm just here to, like, look hot and, and, and fix the ship. And that's what he basically is for a long time until he's like, oh, I have to be, like, a dad now and, like, help. Personally, I'm the type of person where if, like, if someone's like, I need help with this thing, it will take me under a minute to be like, okay, then I'm going to help you with this thing. It doesn't really, like, there's never a, like, am I in danger of this, of, like, this hurting me, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll do it. So it's very hard for me to see a character that, like, isn't like that. However, I do see very, like, Jyn Erso parallels in the Bad Batch. That whole thing of her being, like, the Imperial flag isn't a problem if you don't look up. I that's a very think, good that's a very good it's poetry like rhyme moment that's I, good i do think that's part of it because i think the biggest motivation for the bad batch and i guess honestly for the entire archetype of gruff dad adapted child it's always me and my own come first fuck you got mine that's generally how those plots play out which is what this is hearing y'all talk about it i do think that it's an interesting perspective to have for the characters i uh, but i still wish that it would maybe pick up a little speed wise because I feel like we've been here for a while in that that pit of like them being unsure I feel like we've been there for the whole show which is okay but like that's sort of what I want out of it no I agree 100% um I am also the kind of person who says like oh you need help I'm gonna help um and not just like in general like that's the kind of character that I like to see um and I do think it is interesting that it's taking Hunter a long time and it's taking the Bad Batch a while to say like, okay, like we need to not only learn our place in the universe, but you know, we're right now learning to care about someone who's not one of us, like by caring about Omega. But what gets me about that is first of all, from a logistic standpoint, I'm like, Omega probably would be safer if they were with other people, other like just in case something happened, it would probably be nice to have like, like you think that if they were with the partisans, someone was like, we're going to come take Omega, Saw Gerrera and Rex wouldn't be like, no, you're not. But my other thing too about that is that- The way we just are like, yeah, Rex is there, obviously. Well, we I mean, he is. I know he is. <laughs> he has to be. It's all that I'm holding on to at this point. But I do think like, this is something I've been thinking about a lot in the last couple of weeks is I think we like to look at characters and say, well, it's nice because it's realistic. And I agree. I think it's cool to see that perspective and see the idea of like, it's taking him longer because that's just the type of person he is. But I also think there's a way to establish that like Rogue One did in the beginning. Jin is very much like, yeah, I'm not interested in helping. But very quickly in the story, she's like, yeah, no, I should actually help. And I really did think maybe seeing a child who may have reminded them a bit of Omega and saying this is a young girl in danger who's lost her family. Maybe that would spark them to finally be like, yeah, maybe we should do something. Because I feel like they've been to so many things that should have sparked them and saying like, actually the empire is actively going to make things worse. Not only for the galaxy as a whole, but for us specifically, we should do something. It's nice to see them go through the steps, but I would like for them to pick it up for the sake of the plot just a little bit. See, this is actually why I liked the stuff with Hauser because Hauser was what we all would do. We'd be like, yeah, I'm immediately going to help. Um, and the Rex kind of character, whatever. And Hunter is the opposite. And, and that's why we're like, why wouldn't you or whatever? So introducing him as the contrast, I think was very cool and very a really good choice. 
Um, and I also, I also think that's why having Omega, having Omega again, Omega in her Thrawn era, just pull out the, I'm going to call you family for the first time as a manipulation tactic because she, I think she only called them her brothers to Hera. They didn't hear her say that. No, no, no. She, but she said, she said, uh, you wouldn't, you do it for family. You would do the same for me. She also, oh, she did do that. that Never mind. You can cut out me being is, a dumbass. I'm gonna go gaslighting them. So she also she 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 enters her Thrawn era and she and she does that with family for them. And I think and this is also a part of why I liked this episode. Like this was a moment for Hunter, not only and and the rest of the batch, but for Hunter especially for them to not only be like like they see each other and clones in general and Omega as their brothers and as their family and as people they would ride or die for. And that's why they're on Camino and they see Omega and they're like, she's like us. You have to help her. And this is the moment where Omega's like, the other people are like you too. Uh, other people are like you too. And then we have a reg clone who is talking to regs and we have all that moment. And we see Hunter like take a step like, whoa, I actually kind of respect you, whatever. Again, where he was like, wait a minute, they're like us too. And I think that's, those were like, that was two really big moments there. Um, anyway. I think it's interesting also because that, I feel like that is so, like, I don't want to say oppositional, but there's also another moment in the episode where you see, to say that the nuance of it feels wrong, but like you see the other side of that coin because you see the ways in which that the Batch were like, Okay, not fuck crosshair, because I feel like in this episode, they did have a little bit of a fuck crosshair energy, but in general, it's just been like they haven't really touched upon, like, crosshair is no longer part of the batch, like, we don't speak of the the toothpick man. Um, and then Hauser was like, no, I'm not abandoning my brothers. Like, you saw the, the difference there of, like, Hauser was going to stand his ground regardless of the consequences. Well, the batch were like, peace. Which, like, I get the batch's, like, point there because they did have like a child they had to protect um and they were protecting once again their own but i think that it's nicely um paired with what you were saying claudia of like omega being the the grounding force to be like no we are just like them i um i think the interesting way to approach that because mel you actually touched on this earlier earlier that the bad batch are effectively they've been weapons their entire lives and weapons are a utility thing and I sort of think that as a group of clones, like we we see in the Clone Wars consistently, spoilers for the Clone Wars, um, but we see that the clones do not think of each other as cogs in a machine, but as deeply individual people. And the, I think that the Batch has mentally reduced themselves to what they function as and what they're good at. And so when that function is either no longer needed or useful, they're okay getting rid of it. And I think that's part of the, the weirdness they have with Crosshair I mean, I get why Echo doesn't care about Crosshair. Echo knew him for like 20 minutes and he was like, okay, bye. But I don't think that yeah, they even- Andy was a dick to Rex. Yeah. Echo's I, like, damn, you were not only, not only have I known you for 20 minutes, you're also rude to the one person I do know. I will say too, I think that's part of Omega being like their grounding force because she's sort of teaching them that like family is a thing. I don't think that they really see themselves as brothers. They're more just like, we're here, we do things goodbye. I will say though- I, one thing I find inconsistent in character writing, why isn't Echo more of like an emotional person who cares about other people Dear and God. stuff? Like it frustrates me so fucking much because 
Echo, Echo is from the troop of clones that we know best for being like, we should help people. And every episode he's like, I'm grumpy. And that's his entire dialogue. I need to, I'm so sorry, because it is time to talk about the Domino Squad. Um, I've been waiting for this moment. Um, literally in the episode where they are training, uh, if you all remember that episode of Clone Wars, one of the members of their squad um, gets sh- shot in the training room and echoes like hey guys it's protocol that we go back for him and echoes the only one who went back for him and i'm like how come in this they're not reflecting at all on the fact that echo is the first one to say we should help that's i think what gets me the most is especially considering not only is echo a rag so he should have seen all the other clones and been troubled by it at least a little bit but also it would have been really nice for him to be like no this is what we're supposed to help people and the fact that echo was in the 501st which was a regular like legion with a jedi where their whole thing was like how many times did the 501st go somewhere with the express purpose of like let's go help these people like it just seems like there's so many options for echo to step in and be like hey let's go do this thing it like everything about his characterization lines up with that and until we get an episode that focuses on echo and like what he actually went through while he was in that little separatist ice box, we are not going to understand, I'm not going to understand why he hasn't been a bit more vocal aside from that one time that he was like, why didn't we go with Rex? I feel like the person who could empathize with Crosshair the most also would be Echo um, of someone who's being controlled and being used and whatever. And right now, now we have Crosshair who's gonna be hunting them down. And I feel like at some point they're going to have a crosshair conversation or confrontation or something of the sort or whatever. And I think maybe it's going to be like Hunter's going to be like, we got to protect this child moment or Hunter's going to be conflicted because he's like, that's my brother or whatever. And it's going to be Echo who's going to be, who's going to be like the voice of reason. Who's like, that is our brother. We do not leave a man behind. Um, That's going to be the Domino squad boy we love. Um, That's my hope. That's, that's how I hope it will be brought full circle. I will cry uh, if it does happen. It really pissed me off how much the Bad Batch does not give a fuck about Crosshair. Like, we talked about this last week, too, but just surely they they gotta know that, like, yeah, his it's his chip that's making him act even more like an asshole. Like, we all know that. <laughs> but they probably were like, yeah, Crosshair is a little bit of an asshole, but, like, the Crosshair we knew wouldn't, <laughs> surely wouldn't try to kill us. And they... They dealt with their chips and still have it like been like, you know, maybe Crosshair tried to kill us because of the chip in his head. And it's not not because he um, is a traitor to us. But no, they're just like, yeah, fuck, fuck Crosshair. We don't care about Crosshair. What gets me about that as well is that they know that Crosshair is under the control of a chip. And they saw Crosshair and were like, I think Wrecker was like, oh, Crosshair's here. I'm like, hey, bestie. They don't know he's been super chipped, though. They don't know he's been super chipped. That being said, still would, like, be, like, no. Yeah, they still know he has a chip. They should, like, try to be, like, oh, my best friend, Crosshair. I don't think it was Wrecker being, like, oh, Crosshair. I think he was being, like, we know Crosshair's a bad bitch. We worked with him. If he's here, we're fucked. I think it was more of that. I know that's what it was, but it's still, like, what I would have liked to see, at least a little bit, would be of them being, like, oh my God, 
crosshairs here oh no like what are we get like uh, like not like a mix of like the oh shoot he's oh. gonna hurt us but also like oh my god are we gonna have to fight our special boy remember in the clone wars season seven spoilers for the clone wars season seven <laughs> um, but like rex is deeply deeply conflicted about having to possibly murder all of his brothers even like he doesn't know every single person on that ship but they're clones. And that makes it very, very hard for him. And we talked last week about the idea of like clone autonomy and clone identity. And it's weird to me because the Bad Batch at no point is like, we have to fight him, but that sucks. And they know he's chipped, super chipped be damned. Like the second, like they don't, none of them hold record responsible for his actions while he was chipped, unless that's just poor writing and they never show us that. But like from what we know, none of them blame him for that. They know what it caused and they know what they do with it. And it's just weird to me because like, it seems like every other like clone character that we see other than the Bad Batch is like, this whole situation sucks. Like we gotta do something about it. And the Bad Batch is like, yo, fuck Crosshair. He fucking sucks and nobody likes him. To be fair, other than Wrecker, none of them have experienced the effects of the chip. So none of them that's really even, get That's it. even more reason for them to be sympathetic to Crosshair, though, is they don't understand it. And they, sh- they should care about him. So that's why I'm like, I-, I feel like Wrecker might, and also like Echo, because he was like controlled or whatever. But like, I, I think that like, I think that's why, like Order 66 happened. They were like, huh? Or they're not going to get it until they get it. And that's why I really hope it's Echo who's like, hey guys. This most recent episode also, like the scene with Hauser when he, te- like to the other clones is like, Hey besties, lay down your arms. We need to get the fuck out of this whole bullshit. It just seeing that, and I know that there was to some level um, during episode one or two when the batch are leaving Kamino with Omega for the first time of Hunter trying to talk down Crosshair, but like it was nothing more than that. It was like a you don't want to do this, and Crosshair being like fuck you, and. The fact that there was a clone who was successfully ably, ably, able to, like, talk his, to his brothers. Like, sorry. Sorry, Captain Rex. Hauser is built different. He was able to be, like, I am speaking to you. We are we're doing this. Goodbye. Opens up a million questions of, like, is his chip malfunctioning? Is it not? Blah, 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 blah. All these kinds of things. Okay. Here's the thing. I have a lot of thoughts about Hauser, um, and I've been dying to talk about them, and I was waiting for us to bring him up. So I'm about to dump a bunch of information that has been swirling around in my head. So I apologize ahead of time. The first thing is when Mel brought up Rex with um, like his squad. The thing that I was thinking about is that, so last week I said, I thought it would be really interesting if it wasn't like Hauser's chip is malfunctioning. And I 100% believe his chip is fully intact. And I believe that all of the men that he was able to talk down have fully intact chips. And I believe that that is maybe the single most important thing that we are learning from this show about the clones is that even when their chips are active, they are still their own people and have agency, but their proximity to Jedi is what makes them messed up. So it's like for Rex and the 332nd, which was with Ahsoka on Mandalore, Ahsoka was there. So they had their moment where they were like, okay, kill the Jedi, the Jedi's there. We know a Jedi. And because they know Ahsoka and they know a Jedi, it messes with them more than it would for someone like Hauser, who assumably has been on Ryloth, not assigned to a Jedi, perhaps since earlier in the war. 
So if he is not in proximity with a Jedi and it wasn't like enact Order 66 because Order 66 is to take out Jedi and Jedi sympathizers, then he has no reason to truly have his whole brain altered. So like with Rex, we see when his chip was activated, he was totally different. With Cody, he's totally different because it's he's very close with his Jedi. With what well, I'm sure we're gonna see with Wolf, if he ever appears in the Bad Batch, he is going to be severely messed up. And you see in Rebels, he's severely messed up. Like they say that he has in the the Empire said that while he was serving under the Empire, he had like delusions, which I'm sure is because he was so thrown off because Plo Koon was very close with him. So I think Hauser and his bros who he was able to talk down, it shows that it's the, first of all, it's the proximity to Jedi that causes the chip to really mess with you but also the fact that the clones are still their own people. Like they can still act, they can still make decisions and that's why they are going to try to get rid of them. And Rampart is 100% going to look at this and say, hey guys, look, the clones are chipped and they still didn't follow orders. We need to move to enlisted soldiers. And that is gonna be what, not this next episode, but the episode after is going to be about. I am 100% certain because it's called War Mantle. I once again would like to peddle my agenda that clones having chips is the least interesting plot line of having them be a part of the empire i'm not sure if this was in legends or not. i mean i know the excerpt is from legends but there's a section where one of the clones talks about like knowing order 66 was coming and how bad it felt to enact it but how they were like it's necessary and part of what we're doing and honestly like one, we don't really know how they work. We can have theories, and I do agree with you, Ollie, that like proximity to Jedi, or at least if you're yelling Jedi-themed buzzwords at a clone with a chip, is how that works. Like that makes Jedi sense. taboo moment. But like, it's we don't really know how they work. We don't really know what they're for. And this would have been such a more interesting moment to me, at least, had Hauser just been a person who chose to side with the Empire when Order 66 came down, who chose to stay with this government and then chose to rebel against it. Because all of those things remove the MacGuffin that is mind control in the Star Wars universe. And honestly, like we talked about this last week with Crosshair, these would be a lot more, not that Hauser isn't a strong character, he is, but like he would be stronger if these were personal choices he was making, irrespective of mind control chips in his brain. I totally get that. And I do think that it would be very interesting to see. And I think that that is something that we get to. Like, that's why a lot of people like the Callus arc is because it is about him as someone who chose to serve the empire, then being like, hey, wait, actually this sucks. But what really? I think about the clones is that like, the point is that their story is so tragic. And what I would have liked, what I would like to see and what I loved about this episode is that it's showing truly how tragic it is, not for the Bad Batch who are not like other girls, but for the clones, and especially for people like like Hauser, who weren't particularly close with the Jedi, where it's like, hey, suddenly we're doing things. And I was raised on Camino my entire life to idolize the Republic and the Jedi. Suddenly the Jedi are gone and the Republic is totally different. And I don't really understand what's going on, but apparently according to Attack of the Clones, I have been altered to follow orders. So not only is it cool to see Hauser saying, no, I'm not following orders, screw whatever genetic coding they did to make me more submissive, which is so bad on so many levels, but also that I just, I'm, I love the idea of like, not only like going against the taboo, but going against literal programming. Like, I think that that is such a powerful story and it just goes to show 
how morally righteous and morally strong characters like Hauser are. And the fact that he is one of the few who is doing it also shows that the clones are still individuals. And I said last week, that's one of the fundamental failings of Star Wars is that it fails to humanize its clones. And I think this did more for that than most of the most of the Clone Wars, aside um, from like the Umbara arc. Yeah. That's what I wanted of the Bad Batch, which is like, please explore clone identity and individuality. And like, we talked about this last week, so I will not rehash like the entire conversation. But that is something that I feel like the Bad Batch could be so useful for as a narrative vehicle is exploring what identity means in this context and what autonomy means in this context. And like, I think that's why I like Hauser so much is that he is very much his own person. But it's clear, like you were saying, the other clones are too, even though interestingly, they've been stripped of their right to express themselves as individuals. And I thought that was an interesting uh, visual touch is that even the ones that are like throwing their weapons down, they're all in the exact same armor. They've been reduced to the same person, even though clearly internally, they're still their own people. So this is actually a question I wanted to ask of all of you guys was that we were talking about Hunter's turning point and we're talking about like Hauser's like epic Umbara arc moment. Also shout out to Mr. Kiner and all of the composers for when when you kept playing the clone theme. It was like my winter soldier trigger words. I started crying. At the end there, uh, Miss Eleni Sindula says a thing about how like, well, you know, if things keep going as they are, like then it is gonna include all of you. And right before that, Hunter says something like, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Hunter says something like, yeah, um, we've realized that there's a lot. He's like, you know, organizing here is your job. We've realized that there's a lot of worlds that are occupied like this. And like, uh, I like uh, implying that it's it's their job. And that was my moment where I was, I was like, there he is. There he is. There's my rebellion boy. It's happening. Um, am I jumping the gun or like, was that, was that, was that the, was that the moment where we got the, the switch? I don't necessarily think it was the switch, but what I noticed about this episode is that I think a lot of the seeds have been planted because I think that the seed of doubt after watching, uh, Chad Hauser's speech, the seed of doubt was planted in crosshair. I'm like, Hey, Chad. He's a Chad. He's a Chad. To the virgin Bad Batch? Yeah. Yeah. In this episode, we saw the seeds being planted. And I think that was both for Crosshair and for Hunter. Because I don't necessarily know if Hunter is about to suddenly be like, okay, let's go join the Rebellion. But I do think after this, he is hopefully going to be more um, willing to actually help and do something that is not necessarily solely for the interest of either making money or helping his team and as much as I do like the idea that he is very much into the family and he's like I'm trying to do this to protect Omega and to protect my crew what gets me is that he's like we need to protect our boys but not crosshair and I think maybe I think that's what the next episode is gonna be I think he's gonna be like okay my people are protected um and and I think they're gonna find out about the war mantle project and he's gonna be like okay my people are protected and and there's a lot of shit going on we need to go get our boy i think that's what it's gonna be i mean i think that crosshair is gonna come to them i'm not even mad about the writing i'm not mad about like the development i would just like to see them talk about it and i don't mean they don't even have to have like a sit down around the table and talk about how they feel about crosshair 
but I would just like to see at least a passing comment because we've come a long way from episode two where Wrecker was like, yeah, I kind of miss Crosshair and Hunter was like, I feel bad about leaving him behind. It would just be nice to see maybe even like Hunter and Tech who we haven't seen have a huge a lot of bonding moments to have tech be like, oh, this would be so much easier if Crosshair was here and Hunter's like, I know I'm, I miss him and I wish we could get him, but it's just too dangerous and he's so far gone. Like just something to see where their heads are at in regards to Crosshair. I've been obsessed with this parallel between the Batch and the Ghost crew and like Hera learning all these things from them um, and, and all this kind of stuff. And I... It, it plays into this wider thing that when I think about it, it makes me insane of how like the clones overall impact on the galaxy is that like none of the none of the fascism ending shit Jedi winning shit could happen without, you know, you know, the pe- people like people like heavy sacrificing themselves, someone like Hauser standing up or, you know, like or the Bad Batch you know, stepping in and helping Hera, who then survives, helps at the Battle of Scarif, survives until the rise of Skywalker. Like, there's all these things that, like, all the all these big things couldn't happen without these clones that we never that never get get any recognition, and that makes me feel insane. Um, and and it's and it's on like a personal level of like Hera talks about how she's like, I want to live on a ship like this someday, and I want to have. And then she's like, I want to have a family like you, like, like how Omega does one day. Um, and then, and then she like, and then she like commands them at, like, she has the plan and whatever. And like, and, and that's, and then she's confident in herself because she's able to do that. And then that's what she becomes as a person. Every time there's just a little piece about clones. And in this, in this piece, it's about the Bad Batch and how like, they're the reason that Phoenix Squadron exists, like, they're the region that they're they're they they can help and that they're safe whatever like i i just it it brings me joy i don't know <laughs> since you brought up Hera and um the ghost having parallels to the bad batch that made me think about um how earlier you also talked about tech teaching Hera a moment which was to scramble the ship's code or whatever so it doesn't appear on imperial scanners which is how the ghost remained undetected through a lot of rebels. So thanks, Tech, I guess, Tech's for teaching. One contribution to society. Yeah. I said that that was a really good parallel to when we find out in Solo that, like, the Navi computer on the Millennium Falcon, Millennium Falcon is like a hunk of fucking junk and nobody ever knows why it's a great ship or why it can literally get fucking anywhere. And the reason is because of L3. Are we ready to wrap up our final thoughts, besties? Okay, yeah, I mean, I can start. Um, I like I like I said the entire time. I, I really like Hauser for his exploration of what individuality means in the clones. He is also very sexy to me, but I do appreciate like his character as a as a person, and I would love to see more of him. I don't know if we ever will again, but I would like that very much. Yeah, I I loved this episode. I thought it was so good. Honestly, I would, I was really disappointed thinking about the fact that we may not see the Sindulas and Hauser again next week. Um, as much as I do, I do complain about them, but I do love the Bad Batch and I am still very excited to see them develop a little more and 
I have been saying, and I will continue to say it until it happens, that I think we're getting a lot of exposition and a lot of world building and soon we're going to hit a stride um, of them as characters. At least I really hope so. Um, and I still have faith that that's going to happen. And I am deeply looking forward to it because I've really enjoyed these last two episodes. So I know that the writers are capable of making a really compelling character. I think that we just needed to get the guys to a certain point. So hopefully going forward, we will get that. Oh, also Eleni Sindula, um, my offer still stands. If you would like for me to join the polycule. Um, I know that you recently have an opening considering Hauser's now in jail. Um, I am around. Ollie, I I'm, swear to God, I I'm, can't do this. I really like this episode. I was very emotional. Um, I agree with Ollie about the part um, that we're gonna, we're definitely going to hit a character stride. Um, I will say, I think we have hit the character stride for Omega. Maybe not for the rest of them, but for Omega we have. We, did, we had some big Omega moments this episode where she was like, looks at them sassily and is like, actually, no, you are going to help. Um, and like has moments of like, but why can't I have a friend or, or all these kinds of things. I, I think we've hit our stride with Omega and that makes me very happy and seeing two little girls having fun in Star Wars makes me happy. Um, so yeah, I had a good time. There's nothing left to talk about because everyone has said quite literally every other thought I had about it. So Jess, how did you feel about the episode? I liked it a lot. Like Claudia said, there was a lot of good Omega moments, like how she tried to fix Gonky, like how she gave Hera her number, <laughs> like um, her whispering to Hera when Hera was like, my parents wouldn't like me doing this. And Omega being like, I won't tell if you won't. And Omega also being like, let's steal a plane or let's steal a ship. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. So epic Omega moments this episode. Very, very good. Because, you know, Omega is my special child. Um, Hauser, hot man, great, good, good on you, King. I'm sorry you got arrested. I hope they don't execute you. That's my one fear. Uh, free my man. Free, free, free our man, Hauser. Eleni, I'm glad you didn't get fridge too. Uh, I am getting scared because there's only four episodes left, and that brings me to Cody Watch. Uh, I didn't think he was gonna be here. So, and I was right, he wasn't there. If any of you follow my Twitter, you saw I didn't post the Cody summoning circle because that reason where I was like, well, we're continuing our Ryloth arc and he wasn't there in the first part. So there's no way he's going to be there in the second part. New episode next week that will not be on Ryloth. So maybe Cody will show up. Tune in next week for Cody Watch. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up? I like that Ollie was probably the most accurate portrayal of that. Really nice. Like I like compared to me, Melanoa, when you try. Please, you guys are too hard on yourself. It's I can't help the fact that I'm a classically trained vocalist, okay? Play Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers because I'm gonna kill you. So this segment is one in which I, Ollie, have found some fun facts that may be a part of the Legends universe of Star Wars or 
I just made them up. I have three today and I'm going to read them off and let everyone guess. I'm excited. This is my first time doing it, so I'm a little nervous, but in Legends, the Finessa Nerf Herding Council was an organization on the planet Finessa that was made up of nerf herders. It is estimated that 5.6 nerfs out of every 1,000 died because of the mountainous terrain on the planet. I'm going to say that this is a thing from Legends, largely because when playing Jedi Fallen Order, there's a series of crates that are labeled in Orabesh, and when you, it, it, they have nerf fur in them. And I, I really hope this is true. So I'm sticking with I'm shooting, I'm shooting from the hip. This is absolutely true. This has got to be true. This is Legends. <laughs> is that all you have to say? That was so ominous. I loved that. <laughs> Mal just leaned in really close and was like, this is Legends. Yeah, I think it's Legends. You guys are right. It is Legends. No. Um, yes. I just thought, I'm, I saw the fact that 5.6 nerfs die because of mountainous terrain. And I'm like, hey, that seems like kind of a lot. Maybe you should put some fences up. Um, I was just going to ask what a nerf looks like, but I can look it up. It looks like a goat mixed with a water buffalo. In Legends... Halderon Brightwing is a Force-sensitive Twi'lek who served as the Ranger General and Military High Commander of Silvermoon City in Quel Thalys, which was inhabited by Force users hiding from the Jedi. They drew power from a Force anomaly called the Sunwell. I'm going to shoot from the hip and say this is true. If I, I don't even know where to start with that because it just sounds like you've grafted like Lord of <laughs> onto Star Wars and been like, they weren't elves, they were just Force-sensitive, I swear. Isn't that what most... <laughs> of legends is them just taking random pulp fantasy and sci-fi shit and being like yeah throw it into star wars like I mean, yeah but this is like such a specific set of words <laughs> also i mean to be fair this is my first time doing this and i do feel crazy shuffling that page so wikipedia's got a lot going on wikipedia my friend of me um i don't so, know so here's the problem and this is not me overanalyzing ollie um, but because we are so similar as human beings, I know that this is the kind of bullshit that I would be like, I'm going to change a minor detail and it's going to be that I made it up. Okay. So you're going to say that it's made up? No, I think it's legends. Okay. Noah? I'm, I'm okay. I'm super on the fence about this, but I'm also very susceptible to peer pressure. <laughs> so I feel like I want to say it's legends. Only because, like, I don't know, it, it tends to be, like, the more out there stuff, but also, like, the sun well, the <laughs> fucking sun well, like, Remember, I this is Star Wars. The crazier it is, the more likely it is to be true. I know, but I feel like this is something where I would try and pitch it and I would just take names from, like, an obscure indie game I think only I've played and then be like, they'll never get it now, like, but I don't know, and you can't see this because it's recording, but Ollie is like laughing maniacally in their little like Zoom window. Here's my thing is that I know I don't have a great poker face, so I have chosen to just smile and look insane so that no one can fi figure out my tells. Terrifying. Ollie entering their Joker era. <laughs> I would like to say that it, that this is Legends. Jess? I was <laughs> consulting <laughs> the, the Cody earrings for advice <laughs> but also because I lost the backing of the earring but um I am gonna be the contrarian because we need one of those and I'm gonna say Ollie made it up 
just for funsies. I, I don't know, but probably. Okay. Actually, I am going to switch over to Justicide and say that it was made up. <gasps> I like you switching your answer. Um, I will let you guys know, Noah, you actually had a very good reasoning. Um, so this, I did make this up. You said it's from an obscure indie game. I basically copied this word for word from um, the World of Warcraft Wikipedia <laughs> page, or wiki page because Holder on Brightwing is an elf <laughs> and I he is just from World of Warcraft. <laughs> Literally, that's I, it's my, the, that's my so favorite obscure our, like, indie game actually is yeah. World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> so a little can't. underground, you guys might not know about it. I I am a, a proud member of the has never fucking played World of Warcraft. I did for a second think I was like, fuck, was this a character from Skyrim I forgot about? I just thought it was very funny because I was like, this makes sense. If I just change it from elf to Twi'lek, it works. I will say too, the amount of specificity that was sort of like what, what tricked me because I was like, they would never go through that much effort <laughs> to make something this cohesive. <laughs> I like the idea that I'm just simply not a cohesive person, so it never could have worked out. Um, okay, I have one more for you guys. Racer's pie was a type of pie. In 1780Y, the smuggler turned rebel Han Solo told the smuggler Gerald that his racer's pie was mean. I believe this 100% because of the scene. I believe the Attack of the Clones novelization where Anakin tells Obi-Wan to quote, vape it in reference to driving the car. It's that level of stupidity. Yeah, I'm going to say this is true. I was wrong last time, but I do. I Here's the other thing. I want this to be true. I really want there to be a thing in Legends called Racer's Pie. And I want <laughs> Solo to have been a thing that was like, that was a mean Racer's Pie. Mel, Jess, what do you guys think? think bell is like going through it <laughs> well here's the problem because uh coming from a post-production or pre-production standpoint i do distinctly remember ollie having a moment <laughs> earlier but is that a deception this is such a psychological game of chess that we are playing not, right now. Not, not ollie. i think what's fun too is that mel knows me so well because we apparently are the same person and think the same way so this one I've specifically catered to what I know I would be confused on. Yeah. So Fuck. Jess, do you have any thoughts on Racer's Pie? I see it's stupid enough where it could be Legends. But I think I still think Ollie made this up. I'm going to say Ollie made this up. It's just I, really stupid. I agree. I think Ollie made it up. Okay. So everyone locked in. I did make that up. Motherfucker. It is actually a thing. It is called Smuggler's Pie. So I just changed the okay. name. See, all I care about is that I wanted a weird named pie to exist in Star Wars and have Han Solo be like, you make a mean pie. So I'm really I happy just, right now. I also would like to say there is a Wikipedia page for pie. Not numbers. There's Sorry. a Wiki page on soup too. So I believe that. Yeah. There's well, a Wiki page on everything except numbers. About food that's like food may sometimes, sometimes contain, contain bones. bones <laughs> Shout out to Julia. Thank you for Julia for, for bringing that to my attention. Well, thank you all for playing my little game. I feel evil. So in terms I'm... of scores, um, uh, Mel and Jess, you tied for first with Claudia and I only getting the first one right. And I'm okay with that. I will say that Having done this the last time as the person making the questions, I felt fucking insane being on the receiving end of it. So thank you for that, Ollie. I do like that, um, even though we've we've played this game, what, like four times? And I did host it once, but I am like 
three for the three out of the ones I have participated in as a, as a player. I would like to postulate this. You are Thrawn, I am Eli, Ollie is Night Swan. Welcome. <laughs> no! I, I love that. I, I'm not sure I like the idea of um, spoilers for Thrawn of getting um, absolutely decimated by Arinda Price. <laughs> we have to explain to the people what the Arinda Price <laughs> They've seen it. We already talked about it's the price was last Twitter. week. Okay, I would like to say, though, that my new headcanon is that when, spoilers for the Thrawn book, but when they decimate that planet, uh, they actually just, it's not even lasers, they just open the vents on all the ships and millions of Arinda Price buffs <laughs> careen down from the sky and explode on him. <laughs> Price's first action as governor of Lothal is literally to be like, all homes must have an emergency bust of me in case of an intruder. Um, welcome to Name That Ship. Um, this is our fun little segment in this podcast where one of our, our hosts brings a fan fiction that either has a cursed ship or the tags just tell a story and the um, other hosts have to guess and name that ship. Um, no hate to the people who write these fics. Like once again, this is all in good fun. Um, we're not making fun of your work. We're simply saying, holy shit, there's so much to unpack here and we need to share it with one another. Otherwise, will die <laughs> i can't with that anyways um i am going first this week are you all ready i am prepared i'm just gonna read the tags and then if we there are like a couple handful of other ships in it if you guys are getting lost i can name them so you know that these are not there if that makes sense the the fic is called a fistful of credits additional tags alternate universe western alternate universe human alternate universe historical alternate universe earth smut this began as porn without plot, but as you can see, there are many words. Canon typical violence. I did zero research, so let's call this historic-ish. Canon? I don't know her. New Mexico. The Cyclones had a plan, but I sure don't. Family feels. Other additional tags to be added. Fuck history, I do what I want. Fuck canon, I do what I want. Lovers to enemies. No beta, we die like boffins. Not me repeatedly failing to spell sheriff right on the first try. Canon survives, goddammit. I'm happy for Canaan. Good um, for him. Congrats to Canaan. What are the other, so what are the other sh thing, ships that are not? So I will just tell you this as your first initial hint. Kanan is not part of the that ship. Is, is the ship is, gay in, no. in either direction? No. It's oh. a straight ship. It's hetero. It's a straight ship. That being said, I do think one of the characters in it is bisexual in the fic. This takes place during Rebels' timeline? Or close? Is it in a while? Is it Rebels, characters? It Rebels like. characters? No. Neither of them are rebels characters. Um, but Kanan does survive. But Kanan does survive. Worried. If anyone was curious. Do, um, okay, wait. Do the, do the characters in the main ship appear is... in rebels at all? No. Um. <laughs> what? Okay. What era? Okay. What era do do these? So this is an AU within. From? This is an AU within the rebellion era of Star Wars. But none of these characters are in rebels in the ship. Is uh, are they Rogue One characters? One of them is. Like a Cassian? character that appears in Rogue yes, One? Cassian Andor, Cassian Andor is part of the ship. But oh, the other no. person, I can guarantee you will never guess. Is, is it, it a... Nynub? No. <laughs> is it, okay, is it a, is it a, okay. Well, let's just To be fair, to be fair, off. actually, this person isn't quite in the Rebellion era. They are mentioned in one book in the Rebellion era. Is it one era? of Padme's, it's no, no way her maidens are in a different No, All right, wait, wait, no. wait, 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 let's, let's, let's do some elimination. Is it an Imperial character? No. 
Is it a Jedi or a no. Force user? Not a Sith. No. Are they a bounty hunter? No. Are they a rebel? No. Or they're not a bounty hunter? No. Are they just a guy? <laughs> Are they a clone? No. They're a woman. Yes. Because it's them and Cassian. They're so a it's woman. It's a girl. So is she just, like, is she, I mean. <laughs> Wait, so she... she comes from a book? Um, No, she comes from a television show, but she, I believe, is mentioned in a book. Please tell me it's not Cara Dune. No. <laughs> oh, God. So she's from, is she from the Mandalorian? No. Is she from Rebels? No. No. From is the she Clone canon? Wars? She is from Clone Wars. She's from Bad Batch? No. No. Is it actually she did a, she actually did make it a cameo in Bad Batch. Not Eleni Sindula. No. <laughs> Wait, no, it's someone who is in Clone Wars. Someone in Clone Wars and in the Bad Batch. Yes. And, and she's that's a, woman. a girl. That narrow yes. Fennec Shand! No. Fennec Shand was Fennec wasn't Wars. in Clone Wars. Wait, wait, wait. Sue LeQuain? No, but you're very close. Is it the daughter? Yes, it is Shea LeQuain. Mel, are you kidding? Because here's the thing. I was going to bring that this weekend that I decided not to. Because you Why are you the same fucking person? What's going on with Ollie's hair? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cut and Sue's daughter? Yeah, okay. So here's the premise. It is like several years later. It is during the Rebellion era. So she is like an adult. It's not like she is a child. But basically i guess her and cassian know each other question mark it would be very powerful for her to join the rebellion yeah like that's um, actually kind of everything I, I just know that her father is mentioned at least in the aftermath book so i assume that she is also to some degree there i as can't well. deal with that this is a a <laughs> wild west um, for you but wait 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 wait, wait. can i tell you the other ships in this fic yes yes, yes. rexoka K2SO slash sarcasm, Kalazeb, Canera, and then there is one other one involving Shea LaQuane and one other character who was in Clone Wars and in Bad Batch. A man? No. A woman? Yes. A lady. Um, Omega? No, no, it's not Clone Wars. Um, Well, um, is this character force sensitive? No. That's like the thing. Not an Imperial, not nope. a Jedi, nope. not a Sith. Wait, not a so they're in both Clone Wars and and Bad Batch. And they're, they're a woman. another woman. Is no, it no. one of the Martez sisters? Yes, it is. Rafa. It Trace. is Rafa X Sula Queen. No, not, not Sue, Sue, the daughter. Shea. That's, that's worse. There's a lot to unpack there. That's too much I, of an age gap. No, Isn't she like, no, okay, wait, no. wouldn't Rafa be like in her fucking 30s by this point? She'll be older than that, Listen, probably. Listen, I think they really fucked around with canon. It sound, it doesn't uh... seem like a cursed fan fiction. Like, from the little, little bit that I read of it, I was like, okay, this isn't bad. It's just, the, the I read the tags and I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? I, I can't do this. I... The wow. tag New Mexico is really why I was like, I have to bring this to the podcast. I do love that. That was my favorite one of the whole thing. This makes me feel insane. I knew as soon as you said the title, I was like, that's so familiar. But I couldn't remember what it I was. I hate you because I went through the entire Rogue One tag. I believe yeah. the entire Cassian Andor tag to be like, okay, let me find some interesting things here. I'm pretty sure I found that going through... Um, the Canera tag because oh. I was looking for that's where I was looking for weird shit oh. so I was like oh and then I was like I can't bring this this is too much all right okay besties I brought one to you today 
Um, this was sent to me by one of you lovely listeners. I can't remember which one of you it was. Again, I am sorry. Um, okay. This is rated mature. Other characters are, uh, or, or characters and relationships are, um, Cody and Rex, not as a ship, just as like a relationship. Okay, and, you fucking scared and, me so like, hard for a second. I no, was like, not uh... Okay, um, Bo, uh, and Bo-Katan and Satine, again, and not a ship, dear God, Rex and Ahsoka, and like, so these are friend relationships. Um, yeah, I got and, that. And Rex and Anakin, Maul and Savage, uh, Darth Maul and Rex, not, again, not as a ship. Um, Obi-Wan and Satine as a ship. Cody and Bo-Katan. As a um, ship? As a, as a ship. Nor. Hold on. I like their orange solidarity, though. Padme and Anakin. Ew. <laughs> Wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Darth Maul, Gar Saxon, the Cody, Obi-Wan, Satine, Thrupple. Um, and then Cody and Obi-Wan. Why did you say the Cody, Obi-Wan, Satine so fucking casually? (laughs) Because they're my favorite. Um, Okay, no, wait. Okay, okay, so so So, Cody is with, so Cody is with (laughs) Obi-Wan and Satine and Bo-Katan. Um, okay, okay, go on. So characters in this, other than the ones that I have mentioned, are Darth Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Palm Krell. (laughs) Cody, Anakin, Ahsoka, Satine, Bo-Katan, Previsla, and Agris? I don't know if that's a hey, Legends character. <laughs> Additional tags. We aren't the to even goddamn that... tags. Literally. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, where do we haven't even gotten to the fucking tags yet. Get ready, besties. Get ready, get ready. Like, honestly, I've been scared sometimes when we do this kind of stuff. I don't know if I've ever felt genuine terror until right now. Um, amnesia. <laughs> um, episode, se- episode season four, episode 13, Escape from Cadavo. <laughs> Slavery, alternate universe, canon divergence, emotional manipulation, force ghosts, pol- politics, death watch. I've seen this. Um, shush then. Um, this is a spoiler, so I'm not gonna say this tag. Ponkrell's creepy force ghost, <laughs> presumed dead, I- I- identity issues, Mandalorian culture. Um, this is a bit of a spoiler. Uh, listen, quarantine has melted my brain, and I only live in rare pair hell now. Also, I think insert dynamic is interesting. This is not going to go the way you think, in all caps. Self hatred, fluff and angst, rare pairings. Crack pairing, but with deep, serious themes. Um, okay, okay, so wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold she, on, hold she, on. She, hold she, on. We're not done yet? None of those fucking crazy things were even the main ship? No. Um, There are five, five of 28 chapters published. Do you guys want the summary, or do you want to start guessing? I mean, okay, I feel like I you've given us the, so I much, but so little. <laughs> I do not want the summary. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it either. I think we can get it. <laughs> So I assume this I'm is a so clo- surprised this is- that you guys don't remember this. Shush, because I let them guess. I don't no, remember. Claudia, you, Mel, and Ollie were in call with me, and I found this fic when I was looking for other Darth Maul and Gar Saxon fics, and I told you all about it. Granted, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was weeks ago, that. but I was just like, wow. Maybe it was so bad that we all purged our brains. Okay, does the ship include a clone? Yes. Does is it Darth- from the is- is he in the 501st? Yes. Yeah. Is, is it is Jesse it... Darth Maul? 
No. Get Jesse away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it kicks? No. Rex. Okay. Yes. Rex Darth Maul. No. Rex Savage Press. Yes. Savage Press. Yes. I remembered it was one of the Zab. I remember there was a Zabrak, and I just didn't remember if it was. Oh, yeah, the oh tag that got me was like Force Ghost Punk Rail. And I was like, yeah, that's. You said that fucking ship like there was a gun to your head. You were like, is it Rex Savage Press? Like, I swear. I was like, they're gonna get killed if they don't answer this <laughs> three tries. The idea of forced coast Ponkrell, like that sounds like some that sort of- That is my winter soldier trigger phrase right there. Forced ghost Ponkrell is maybe one of the worst concepts. Like when's he He'd gonna be appear so in upset the sequels? With Ollie for ghosting. <laughs> I think I feel bad for both Savage and Rex. Yeah, they don't deserve each other for- Get them out of reasons. there. Rex, girl, I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> okay. Thank you all so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, and more curse shit, follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Also, um, we apologize for last week's Apple Podcast error. Um, it took a while to investigate, but it ended up being Apple derogatory our enemy's fault and it should be showing up in your feeds now um hopefully you already listened to it on another pod catcher um we recommend pocket cast instead if you already don't listen on apple cast or missed it last week and would like to help us out subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts and and download the latest episodes over there and leave us a review you never have to open the app again but it would really help us out <laughs> And also, uh, we have talked about this on TikTok, but we will be continuing the, the podcast after The Bad Batch finishes, after season one finishes. And we have lots planned between now and The Book of Boba Fett, but we want to hear from you. So send us questions on our TikTok Q&A or tweet at us or DM us on Instagram or even send us an email at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com with anything you'd like to see post Bad Batch. And remember, may the force be with you and don't criff it up. Waka waka. waka yeah, waka waka. Waka waka. Yeah, subscribe or you get the price bust. <laughs>